Hello and welcome to the podcast, The Pocket Stylist. I'm Lisa Tauber. I'm an award-winning personal stylist who's actually been in the business now for 17 years. I specialize in elevating professional women, entrepreneurs, and women in business with their personal brand. These podcasts are about sharing my hints and tips. And along the way, I'm super excited to welcome guests who will be sharing their star stories, their expert advice. And I'm also going to be showcasing some brands that I know you are going to love. So if you're a lady who lacks time, struggles to put an outfit together, wears the same things time and time again, and doesn't want the hassle to find something new when shopping, you will absolutely enjoy this podcast. I really hope you love the podcast, The Pocket Stylist. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the podcast, The Pocket Stylist. I'm Lisa Talbot and today I am going to be chatting to Julia and we're going to talk all about your wardrobe and the wardrobe in more ways than one. We're going to talk about the capsule wardrobe. We're going to talk about ladies and gentlemen who have a much larger wardrobe. And do you only keep items in your wardrobe of clothing or shoes or accessories? Or do you keep other things in your wardrobe? So first of all, I'm going to say hello to Julia. Julia, hello. How are you today? Hi, Lisa. I'm good. Well, I'm not alone as you can see, but... Yeah, you yeah. can't really hear yet. No, exactly. Susie, my dog, is with us. <laughs> yeah, so for the um, listeners on the podcast, Julia is sat um, with her beautiful little dog um, on her lap. And for those of you who are on YouTube, obviously you can see um, Susie. Julia, just introduce yourself. Tell everybody who you are, what you do, etc. before we get going. Uh, well... Hello everyone, I'm, I'm Julia, I'm a construction project manager and I have been working most of my life on the high-end resident, residential refurbishments in the central London. Uh, so that's really, that's really what I do as, as a day job. I'm a huge advocate for women in construction as well and I specialise in bringing a little touch of femininity into the industry, I suppose. <laughs> And you have a really interesting story, though, because you and I have met, haven't we? And uh, your story really kind of grasped me because you're not, obviously, people can hear from your lovely accent, not originally from the UK, but you came to the UK, didn't you? We're on, on a complete kind of, well, I'm just going to go and see what happens. And I think it, it was a very brave thing that you did. How long ago was that that you decided to come to the UK? Yeah, well, I came, I failed my architecture exams in Poland. I started building engineering studies, but I hated every single day of it. Uh, and I never finished the first year. I came over to, to London for summer 11 years ago, and that summer hasn't come to an end yet. <laughs> and do you know, isn't it interesting, though, how sometimes you you come over or you, or you move around don't you whether you move into the UK or you move out of the UK into Europe or a different continent or whatever but actually your life kind of just carries on so so you work and I've seen your portfolio of the most beautiful um, construction that you have been involved in and, and the interiors and you're absolutely right from a femininity point of view that you add that little touch because you're if you don't mind me saying, in a, in a way, you're working in a man's world, aren't you? You know, it's, it, it wouldn't say that the, the balance is 50-50, would you? 
Uh, no, I mean, the latest statistics say that we only have 16% of women in construction, whereas 84% male. So I think it's safe to say that we are in a, in a male-dominated industry. And I just feel like, you know, us girls, we just have a little bit of a different thinking processes. We, we see things differently. We ask different questions. And I'd like to think that this is really what, what, what makes us different, what, what, what makes the difference of what we bring to the table. Yeah, absolutely. So do you find then that you, because I'm assuming as well then that you spend time on site um, so your clothing that, that what you wear obviously to site and to you know client meetings etc do you find that you tend to gravitate to, to certain styles do you find it slightly more difficult in certain occasions how, how do you go with your clothing then well I usually have a huge bag because I tend to have something to quickly change in the bathroom yeah. somewhere yeah uh, so that that's kind of one one of the things I do, uh, and I just like to think that, of course, she's now going to play with her toy. <laughs> and then, for everyone who can't see, um, Julia's dog has suddenly gone across her floor now and just thinks it's fine to play with her toy. But listen, it's absolutely fine. So yeah, so what do you carry then in your bag? Do you carry like change of shoes? Do you carry obviously a jacket in case that the weather changes, things like that? Yeah, well, I try to bring, well, I try to wear something which is more universal. Obviously, if I'm going to a very high end network uh you know meeting or any form of kind of cocktail party or anything along these lines then i'd probably look a little bit more business type but if i need to go and meet someone for a coffee or just pop down to a site and just see what's happening i don't really like to look overdressed right yeah. so i'd probably start with something a little bit chilled out maybe just wear you know flat shoes or you know a little bit of a uh I don't know rather than you know the the leather skirt maybe I'll just wear you know a, a pair of leggings instead and a, a little bit oversized shirt and then I can always tuck the the shirt into the dress into the skirt so there's always something that allows you soften the look a little bit yeah, yeah. it's that fine line isn't it because it, it's the professional look with the mixed with the the knowledgeable but mixed with the welcoming if you're if you're speaking to the wives of clients and it's about bringing your clients on on a journey isn't it because we know that like same as me you know with a clothing perspective it's a journey we take them on with with you it's, it's an interiors journey or it's a building journey etc so so then do you um you know we, we started the conversation didn't we about wardrobes do you find then that your wardrobe is um is a place where you have gathered items uh, along your you know your journey while you've been in the U while you're in the UK? Do you find that the wardrobe has grown and grown, or do you find that you've got a mixture of kind of clothing for not only casual but for your work environment? Do you find that you have a capsule wardrobe, or do you have a wardrobe full of maybe quite a lot of clothes, but you don't wear half of it on a, on a basis? I mean, you've seen my wardrobe, so you probably know the answer to that question. My wardrobe is a bit of a combination of 
it's not only my my lifestyle and and the way you know i i think most of us females have similar wardrobes because for a man it's quite easy to just transform the look for a, from a very formal to an informal by taking the tie off and just unbuttoning a couple of buttons right whereas for us it makes it much more tricky uh so my wardrobe is a huge combination of you know sports items and you know informal kind of casual things and at the same time i have a collection of you know very formal very high end you know pieces of clothing and and garments that i wear you know every now and then but i do need them to kind of when, when well this is the traditional power dressing mode right so when we do go to some of these meetings with the high networks we do need to show that we're at the same level as them it's not really something that i i i kind of vote for but at the same time it's just something that adds us the confidence and makes us feel good in that environment so why not right uh but i like to i'd like to think that my wardrobe grown with me so i don't really keep all the items for a very long time unless there's a sentimental value to it i'd probably just get rid of it and get something to replace it yeah i think what's really interesting what you said about the whole power dressing side of it because um and and power dressing is is a word that you know is not always used as much now definitely not because at what we try to do from you know when we liaise with our clients or we liaise with our um peers or you might be liaising with with different people within your organizations what we want people to do is we want people to take us seriously and and what i mean by that is there's this whole seven second meeting as as you know people will make a decision about us within that seven seconds and and what we have to do we have to in that seven seconds what we are wearing has to um, let people kind of think, great, I, I know her, I like her, I trust. Trust is massive and clothing has a huge part of a, a trust. But not only that, you, you know, you could say that, you know, you could wear, I don't know, a formal suit, for example, because that's how somebody should think they need to look from a power dressing point of view. But actually depending on what role you're in and what kind of industry you're in, that could be deemed as way too kind of off-putting because it's too severe. So therefore, from a power dressing point of view, it just ha- it has to be a more elevated look, for example, than, than casual, but it doesn't have to be too formal because we still want to use what we're wearing as a tool, let's call it a tool, to draw people into our world and to trust us. Yes, if you were going to see a client, I don't know, in a five million pound property, you're definitely not going to rock up in a pair of jeans with um, a ripped hem and things like that. But you could still, that's when you start to use texture to soften the look. So you could then start to come in, you know, with a different look, but maybe you have a blazer and a t-shirt. It it's all about how we get that first seven seconds right in front of the client or the, the business acquaintance to go, yes, do you know what? I trust her. 
or I trust him. And it, and it's interesting. So yes, you're, and you said earlier on, I absolutely have seen your wardrobe and you've got an amazing wardrobe, this wonderful selection of blazers, which automatically elevates. Um, and it's interesting, isn't it? When I worked with you with regards to outfits creation, I was like, Oh, you could do this. You could do that. And, and, you know, in some cases you were like, wow, I would never have put that with that. And sometimes that wardrobe that we all have, sometimes we need that fresh pair of eyes to go, do you know what? You could mix A with B with C. You could then take away B and replace it with D. And this is then how I'm a massive advocate of a wardrobe working for, working for you rather than working against you because I'd rather you had... I don't know, 25 items in your wardrobe and make 55 outfits than have 700 pieces in your wardrobe, but you, you only wear that 10% of it again because you're not then really enjoying it, you know? And I'm not saying that about your wardrobe, but it's that how we start to pull it together um, and make sure that a wardrobe works for us. And that's why, you know, people say you know, how big is your wardrobe? You know, my wardrobe is probably, well, it, it's probably about five foot, full stop. That's it. One wardrobe, five foot. Yes, I have chest of drawers with some, my knitwear and my t-shirts and things like that in it. But I don't have a big wardrobe because everything in it mixes and matches and, and changes and moves around to, to sort what I want. So would you say, I mean, your wardrobe definitely is, and wardrobe that does mix around. But do you think sometimes, even you have lost sight sometimes about some of the things that are in it? Because we spoke about this just now, because of volume. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's quite a funny story to be fair. I mean, when I was designing my my dressing room, my wardrobe, we, you know, my, my husband is, um, he works predominantly in the in the bespoke joinery uh warehouse and and he's one of the directors there he he's responsible for the design of all the pieces and the first question he actually asks and not only me but all of his clients is how much of a hanging space do you need and how much of the shelves do you need and to be fair i can really answer that question <laughs> because when your wardrobe becomes cluttered and you and you just see you know all these things you think like yeah well I'm never gonna wear it but let's just leave it yeah. this, this needs to stay I'm gonna need that well I never really put that on yet but it looks good so I might need it at some stage and then you just start thinking like what the hell am I doing <laughs> why why do I keep you know especially we're in London here you know, every square inch of a space is quite expensive. <laughs> so if you think about this, you know, how much of a space those those pieces take, you're just like, why, why, why am I doing this to myself? Why am I keeping things that I'm never really going to put on? I mean, let's be honest. Well, after your visit, I probably got rid of about a couple of bags of clothes <laughs> to be fair, because you know what it's like you always think yeah yeah I, I used to like it six years ago maybe I'm yeah. gonna wear it again one day it looks a little bit worn it doesn't look that fresh anymore but I used to really like it because it was comfortable but then when you actually put it on you feel like 
you know, you're going to a market or, you know, you're just kind of ready to, to go to the shop and, and buy a couple of, you know, potato bags rather than, you know, actually go into town for a coffee with somebody. So I just kind of think that we do need a, a little clear out, but rather than in our wardrobe, it's more in our head. Yes, of- yes what it is we actually feel comfortable with and why did we feel comfortable in that and if that doesn't really work for us anymore then just lose it maybe replace it with something else if you need to yeah but I mean to be fair I've I've been in the houses where people have 11 meters of wardrobe and they have probably 18 meters of hanging space Uh, I have maybe two and I fit in it uh so to be fair it's like you said you have five foot that's about one 1.5 meter i think so that's probably that's probably just about right right uh but at the same time when you when you start looking into the wardrobes of those of, of other people you start to notice that they also keep other things in the wardrobe yeah. And what I've noticed when, when we moved in here, I started, I had a dedicated drawer for the clothes of my dog. And I never really put them on my dog because she hates to be dressed up. And I started like, why do I keep all these things? Like I could be keeping something else in there, socks or, you know, little pen bags or purses or whatever it might be. You know, loads of people start to keep uh, safes in their wardrobes or, you know, the, like we, we spoke about, the watch watch kind of stands and, and jewellery stands or whatever it might be. So where where do we draw the line of when the wardrobe is stopping to be a, a place where we keep the garments and is starting to be more of a shop front uh, where we can keep everything and anything in? Yeah, I think it goes back to the whole space thing as well, doesn't it? It's, you know, some people have the the fitted wardrobes where you have, obviously, it's more of um, across a back wall or in a, or, or in a dressing room or something like that. Others have that, the, the wardrobe where, you know, the, the wooden wardrobe where you open the doors and, and that type of thing. And I think it's interesting because a lot of the time it's every piece of space matters, which is why you then have, some ladies have separate like pull out drawers for their shoes because they keep them, you know, in their pairs, out of their boxes, in there. Other ladies keep all their shoes in their boxes, you know, and, and lots and lots of ladies do that. I've got another lady actually who's got all her shoes in um in a wardrobe, and then she has a picture of the shoe on the outside that she's printed off deliberately so she can see it even though obviously you've got the labels on but then you've got other ladies that keep their gym dumbbells in the bottom they keep their like you said they have safes in the bottom you've got other ladies who keep their their gym bag at the bottom so it's it it but that's when in some ways it all becomes so crowded that you can't see the wood for the trees you can't see the fact that actually you know this is the coat that goes with that bag which goes with whatever and and you know I'm fully fully understanding that some ladies don't and and gentlemen they don't have the space so you have to kind of double up but then when you have like we said earlier on 
the volume of clothes plus the, the shoes, plus the gym bag, plus the gym dumbbells, plus, 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 we go on. That's when the wardrobe becomes a very cluttered space. And actually, where the clothes actually aren't necessarily the main character in that wardrobe, that's when it becomes harder. And it's about then going, really, let's try and work out what clothes I need, when I need them, how I'm gonna wear them, what they go with, that's when it becomes, like you said earlier on, you have a freer wardrobe, but you have a freer mind. And, and although, like you said, when I came to you, yes, we did remove things out of your wardrobe, but they weren't things that you had this massive passion for. It was like, no, 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 don't take it out. They were absolutely garments exactly as you explained, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, when you probably can if you notice that every, you wear only the things that you bring back in the, from the laundry basket, then it's probably the time for a bit of a clear out. Cause that's really how I've noticed, you know, I can really be bothered to even unload, you know, the laundry back into the wardrobe again, because I knew that next week I'm going to be wearing exactly the same things exactly in the same order. So at that point, it, it just kind of made me think like, okay, well, do I really need all of that stuff? And why do I need it for? I mean, yes, there's the element of, you know, we've got spring, summer, autumn and winter. But at the same time, you know, there's only a certain amount of, say, T-shirts we need. There's only a certain amount of, you know, jumpers we need. If we have a couple of hoodies, fantastic. Do we need 12? Mm -hmm. Uh, So in that respect, I just think, when your wardrobe is a little bit decluttered, it makes it easier in the morning when you just wake up, open your wardrobe, and you just, the first thing you see, you know, you can put on and you're going to look great in it and you're going to feel fine and you're going to feel confident in it. Whereas if your wardrobe is like, oh my God, I have nothing to wear, but your wardrobe is full, then something's wrong. Yeah. And, and, but, but everybody's, I wouldn't say that you're, you're not alone and, and nor is anyone else alone. You know, I would just, for, from my perspective, I would, for everybody, I, I want them, like you said, to feel confident with their wardrobe, to, to make sure that there's things in there that they absolutely love. And yes, like you said, we have different seasons, you know, like now it's quite cold today. And even though we're, we're at home, you know, I've got my jacket on because I'm colder today than I would normally be. So, you know, we, uh, the water's got to work. It absolutely has to work. And, it, and, you know, if you think about it, the, a capsule wardrobe is a small collection of clothes that all go together. And it could be you have, I don't know, five pairs of trousers, four pairs of jeans, 10 tops, five blazers, you know, and I don't know, seven dresses. But as long as they all interlink together, you will have more. Whereas if you had, I don't know, 35 pairs of trousers, 17 dresses, you, you can't physically wear them all the time. And you will always gravitate to the ones that you feel comfortable in, you, you know fit well. So why, in my, you know, my world, it's, so I want you to have all of your wardrobe looking like that. So I'd rather you had a smaller wardrobe 
but you loved and then you enjoyed and then you know you added pieces in there's a quick tip as well that you know when people go shopping they automatically gravitate to i don't know a color or they gravitate to a style or something like that but actually the quick tip is before you even go shopping quickly glance through your wardrobe and go okay if I am going to buy anything today, what could I benefit from? And it could be another top. It could be a pair of shoes. It could be a necklace. It could be whatever. Because then when you go to the shops, you go, okay, I really like the color of that top. What will it go with? Ah, it goes with X, Y, Z in my wardrobe. So therefore it then becomes a good item to purchase. So if you're I don't know, it depends on anyone's budget. If you're buying from Primark or if you're, if you're buying from Whistles or you're buying from Gantt and you suddenly go up the scale, it doesn't matter what the, the investment is in that garment as long as you know it's going to help create more than one outfit because that's what really works. If you buy it and it, you go, oh, I've bought a Cerise pink top and you get it home and go, okay, the only thing I can wear it with is jeans then it becomes a garment that's not working for you. Whereas if you go, oh, that's a Reese pink top, goes with that skirt. Um, I can wear it over that dress. I could wear it with jeans. I could wear it with those trousers. Suddenly, it becomes the right thing to buy. And, and that's where we have to get to with our wardrobe because it's got to be one that we want to open the doors to because then you know that, you know, if it fits and you love it, you'll get that first seven seconds as well for you from a professional point of view. But more importantly, we all know when we put something on that we love, we feel fantastic. So your whole power dressing, go back to what we were chatting about at the beginning of this conversation. You could be wearing, and, and I don't know, you could be going to see a client who's got a four million pound property, okay? You could still turn up in a Primark top, for example, because if it makes you feel good, if it gives you confidence, you will walk into that client meeting with your shoulders held back because the client doesn't see the label. The client just sees you and the smile on your face and the confidence you exude. So they know and they trust you. And that's where, you, you know, Power dressing is about how you wear it, not what necessarily brand you wear. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Absolutely. I mean, I think we had that conversation a few weeks back on Clubhouse as well, that it's not about the label. I mean, yeah. yes, there are certain pieces of garments where, you know, you don't really need to see the label. You know what brand it is. And it's sometimes good to have a few pieces like that because it does elevate you in that form of uh, not only the confidence, but at the same time, people know that this piece is from that brand. So but do you that, think that, that gives you the status they expect to see. Okay. But at the same time, I, I don't... Then, Julia, let me ask you that question then. How hmm. do you think they know what brand you're wearing? Uh, I mean, you know, pieces like Burberry that you're probably wearing today, <laughs> they have very distinctive patterns, right? So uh, if, you, if you visit these type of places, you quite know what they're known for. Uh, I don't know, like, 
I don't I don't really know many like that, but I know for example Balmain, they have quite a distinctive, yeah, you yeah. know, cut of their garments. Yeah. And you can straight if you see someone in a Balmain blazer, you know that straight away. Uh, you know, I'm quite a big fan of Libertins generally. So if you see someone with a red sole, there's a high chance that they are wearing Libertins, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's this this type of, you know, a little bit of recognition that people know oh she's got these so she does have the status i have and it gives you a little bit not only the confidence but it makes you feel like you're the same level you're a partner in this conversation and it becomes a conversation between two people on the same level rather than that you know the servant and the man or the the woman receiving the service it just gives you that, I, I don't really know how to say it. It just not, gives you a I'm little not, bit of a status. Yeah, but I'm not sure people do look at it like that in some cases because I think, I think it depends maybe in the circle you move in. I think, I'm not sure. I think it could work for you in two ways. I think it could work for you in, depending on who, you know, in your respect, how your, who your client is. In, in, in others, I think it could work the other way around. It could be detrimental because people could, and I, I'm just, you know, I'm playing devil's advocate here. They could look at it and go, ah. So it's to say, okay, so say my, my respect as a stylist, um, I turned up in maybe a brand that somebody recognized. I'm going to go the other way with you. And then say they go, oh, well, I don't, I don't match up to Lisa's standard. Or in, in my respect, people can look and go, oh no, she's going to make me buy that kind of brand and I only want to shop in the high street. I think, it's, I think brands are really interesting because I think, like I said, I think for me, it's about how you wear it, not what you wear. And I'm just wondering in, in certain industries, if it could work, it works in two ways, or actually, in some cases, people don't necessarily pick up on what we're wearing. Um, I mean, you know, let's let's just remember that I'm in a highly dominant male-dominated industry, yeah. right? So, if I was to turn up to a networking event or a Christmas drink party where we've got say fifty people, eighty percent of them are male. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's probably a handful of females in there. And if I'm just going to come in and look like, uh, I don't really like to say that, but let's say like a secretary, you know, white, white, uh, white blouse or white, white t-shirt or white shirt of some form uh, and a bit of a black skirt and a bit of a black heel. I'm not really going to be looked at and treated seriously as in uh, being a business owner in that environment. I'm probably going to be treated as an assistant of someone who came in here to do the business, right? Whereas if I'm going to do a little bit of a twist and show a little bit of a status, it just gives me, it just leaves that perception within that environment that my status is a little bit different than being a secretary or an assistant of someone. And it's not something I agree with, but it's a fact, really. It's how it works. Uh, and we could probably spend till tomorrow debating yeah, about yeah, yeah. it, how, how it should, how it shouldn't work, what we can do about it. 
at the moment. This is what I've noticed in my experience as working. And to be fair, uh, I do get where you're coming from with the, you know, having low button shoes and then say having, you know, a skirt and a top from Primark on you and maybe a little bit of a plain bag. But, you know, if somebody looks at you just because of this one piece and judges you by this one piece, then that doesn't really say much about you. It probably just say a lot about them that they're not prepared to make that move and talk to you because the one brand you're wearing is scaring them off. I'm not saying we all have to suddenly wear, you know, huge, huge puffer jackets, you know, branded yeah. by Montclair and Valentino all over our back. Because I don't necessarily think this is, you know, a sub subtle item that will give us that elevation piece. But at the same time, it's like if you only make a little twist to your garment and combine the high street look with a little bit of a luxury brand, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It just shows that you're also working with other clientele. Yeah, and, and you know what, this is this is another topic that could go right off on a tangent, isn't it? Because it's about how others perceive people. And and it's really interesting. We've, you know, and I say to a lot of clients, you know, it's because, you know, for people use clothes in so many different ways, like we've been speaking about. They use them as a suit of armor to protect themselves. They use them, they use clothing as a way of demonstrating their personality. They do use it as a way of showcasing what they do and, and how they do it. Um, but what's really, really interesting, it's, and I always say, do you know what, in some cases, we live in a very, very fickle nation. Because what happens is, people will make a decision on us, and it is absolutely by what we're wearing. And this, this goes back to what you and I have been speaking about, whether we were, you know, like you going into that environment, um, people will make a decision about you. And like in, in your words, you know, whether you're the assistant or whether you're the, the business owner. Um, and it is so interesting because all of what we've spoken about is what you wear. And, and it is, it, it's so interesting. And I think it's such a, another interesting topic, especially for someone like yourself, who is in a male dominated industry. Um, and, you know, we're, like you said, you gave the, the statistics and the figures. It's so interesting. And this is why for me, clothes play such a massive part in who we are as people, how we represent ourselves and how we do it and how important that wardrobe is to having a wardrobe that we love to wear and that makes us feel good because, but it is such an interesting topic. It's, it's maybe another topic for another podcast because it is, it's about working out, you know, who we are by what we wear and, and how we are judged by what we wear. And, and interestingly, you know, it's not about, it, it became, it becomes, not about the smile that we lead a room with. It's not about what we say, because initially somebody's going to make a decision on us basically by what we're wearing. And, and that goes the same for men, men and women. So I think that is completely another topic, but I think it's a very interesting topic, definitely for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, you know, if we look at it from a perspective of men, typically 
you know, if, if we hear about, you know, people like Steve Jobs having 20 of the same garments who, that he would be wearing every day, just to keep his headspace free from yes, thinking, yes. what am I going to wear today? You know, us females, I can't imagine myself in that situation. We, we do like a little bit of a twist and we do like a little bit of a, well, it's probably not the right word again, but the show off, a little bit of a change, a little bit of a attention, right? Here I am. This is what I look like today. Hello, right? Whereas I, I think it gives us that validation as well that, you know, we're here. Hi, you can come over, you can talk to me, I'm open to it. Whereas if we were every day the same thing, if we would go that route, I mean, it's probably from a headspace point of view, I can see that working, but how does that impact that person, the confidence level they have and, you know, the, the their validation point or are they prepared? Are they, are they really that confident that they don't need that? But, you know, I think that goes back to the whole headspace thing. So with, with Steve Jobs, yes, absolutely. He had a, a series of T-shirts that he wore. He created a uniform. And actually what a, a lady can do, they might do exactly the same, whether they wear all black all the time or because they don't have to think about it. And, and I think, again, it goes then it goes back to someone's personality, their style personality, and how they link that into their life. Um, and then you know, other ladies don't want to do that because actually that doesn't demonstrate who they are. It doesn't give them the freedom to um, show their personality and things like that. And I think, it, it, see how we go. You and, and this is all we've, like what we've chatted about today. It's all about clothes. It's all about clothes and the wardrobe. And there's so many spin-offs, Julia, isn't there now? You know, we, we've spoken about the power dressing, about the wardrobe, about how people perceive us, how, you know, how we how we act how we create looks and what's really interesting you know people sometimes say to me oh well, you only deal in clothes you work with clothes you work with fashion but clothes are not just the things that we put on our body every morning they have a meaning they have a purpose they 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 give us whatever they give us a feeling of, of whatever and it's it's such an interesting topic. It is not just about, like, like we've said, the, the clothes that you put on your back. So listen, we, we could talk about this for a long, long time. I'm very conscious that, you, you know, um, that we, we've taken up a lot of your time, etc. Before, Julia, we, we, we bring the podcast to a close, um, would you like to just share with everybody how anyone can, can see what you're up to, that type of thing? Where can, where can everybody um, kind of catch up with you? Um, well, I'm pretty much across most of the social media nowadays, so you can find me under Julia Stajic. Uh, or you can just have a look at my website. It's called starprojects.london and Lovely. see what I'm all about and what do I do? Yeah, no, and that's it, isn't it? How And it's lovely to see how you bring the femininity into your projects as well. So thank you so much for coming and chatting to me today. Um, I hope everybody has enjoyed this week's podcast. It went off in so many different tangents, which is what's absolutely lovely. Um, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Um, I hope you enjoyed it again and see you all soon. Bye-bye.
Thank you so much for listening to my podcast, The Pocket Stylist. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to know more about working with me, then why not book a discovery call with me via my website, lisatalbert.co.uk. And I look forward to welcoming you back next week. Bye-bye.